the cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. Let's make that climb together up the, the green, green peak. peak with your host, Richard Zwicky. Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Zwicky with The Green Peak. And today joining me is Amit from uh, Malta, who is head of the medical cannabis cluster and for economic development in, uh, in Malta. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with uh, Malta as a uh, participant in the medical cannabis industry, you really need to become informed. Uh, over the last few years, it's been a... Uh, an amazing hub of activity uh, for various reasons with regards to the access to the European market. And Marion, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. So you've been involved, it looks like, with the uh, the industry in Malta almost, uh, you know, for just over three years, but uh, maybe, yeah, about three years now, which, uh, you know, is probably near the inception of the real meaningful activity in Malta. How did you... Uh, how do you, and you came out of the pharmaceutical industry itself. So how are you seeing it coming together differently in Malta than it would have in other areas? And what are the big advantages of Malta? Because uh, a lot of people are not as familiar with this as they should be. Sure. Um, what uh, makes Malta different from uh, other jurisdictions is the fact that in Malta, we are regarding this strictly as a pharmaceutical sector. So for us, this is an evolution of a pharmaceutical industry which has been present on the island for a long number of years, for decades. In Malta, we have a strong history of manufacturing generic pharmaceutical products. And we have companies which are operating all along the value chain in pharmaceuticals. Along with this, we have been able to uh, to uh, become and raise expertise in the sector. And we have a very highly reputed medicines authority, which regulates the sector. So medical cannabis is very much an evolution of, uh, of our experience in the pharmaceutical sector. Yep. Therefore, we are not viewing this as an agricultural sector, as some countries are viewing it but totally as a pharmaceutical industry. Which is, which is a fantastic approach because yes, it's a, you know, it is a, I always run into when I'm explaining to officials around the world how our business operates, you know, Plena is a, a B2B supplier to companies around the world. And we're really an agricultural production firm to a pharmaceutical standard. And it's a different mindset um, where we have to follow pharmaceutical guidelines but are still deriving the product from a plant as its uh, basis. So it's quite interesting um, and quite, you know, nice that uh, a strong statement that Malta started with the pharmaceutical perspective, because, you know, one of the things about uh, the island, you know, it does offer a fantastic you know, geographical location, which has advantages, but it is, it is a smaller island as well. And, uh, but it has a lot of uh, strength from what I understand and remember with regards to not just the pharmaceutical industry, um, but it's a gateway to Europe for companies in aviation and um, education, IT, there's been, a, and financial services all have a strong background. But, you know, each of those industries have existed for a tremendous amount of time in the area. 
whereas medical cannabis is coming from zero. And I know the government originally was looking and pushing a lot of social impact as part of its um, planning and model. How has that evolved? Well, so far, we have only regulated um, the, the medical aspect of cannabis. Uh, and this was possible because various factors coexisted at the same time. So if you look at Europe and the, and the regulatory framework landscape, you will notice that Europe has a very fragmented um, landscape when it comes to regulation of cannabis, both medical as well as CBD and, and adult use. And since there is no harmonization at EU level, what is happening is that every country is uh, finding its comfort zone within uh, this regulatory landscape. So we have different states which are legislating or moving towards a regulatory framework which reflects their national character, so to speak. In all that was a combination of factors were demanding access to, uh, to medical cannabis. We have a very progressive government that was ready to enact and enable such activities. And there was the experience, as I have mentioned before, in a, a well-established pharmaceutical sector. So well, this led to an inception of a legislation which not only gives access to patients, but also enables the production of, of products containing medical cannabis as well as research. So all these factors contributed to, uh, to a possibility of having this hub of activity in the medical cannabis sector. No, and, you know, that's completely, you know, logical in how it uh, came together. But, you know, with uh, like we have a client who uh, has an operation in Malta and, uh, you know, one of the advantages and the things they've looked at. And when we looked at Malta the first time ourselves, you know, one of the requirements was to have some production on the island as well as processing. Going forward is, you know, is Malta looking at because what you were saying about being a hub and the pharmaceutical end. Is Malta going to orient itself more towards being that hub of activity for processing and the intellectual tech, uh, um, intellectual property with regards to the development of pharmaceuticals, or is it going to continue uh, trying to be verticalized, where everything from production, uh, the start of plants, through to the development of the molecule at the end is covered, although imports are still going to be an important part of it? In Malta, we are allowing companies to go all the way from seed to pharma. Nonetheless, we are not exactly encouraging cultivation for various reasons. First and foremost, we are limited by the amount of land. So we can never compete with uh, bigger and larger jurisdictions where they can afford to have hectares of land uh, for cultivation. So primarily, we are limited uh, by the amount of land that we have. Secondly, and this transcends from my first statement, we would prefer to focus on the more value-adding activities. So whilst allowing cultivation, we are giving more importance to the more value-adding activities, such as the actual processing, 
the pharmaceutical formulation, the research that goes into it, and all that, rather than um, cultivation as an agricultural activity. However, anyone who wants to cultivate can do so. Um, we have various restrictions on that, namely that the cultivation has to be carried out on the same industrial plot where the processing and, uh, and the formulation is taking place, that it cannot be uh, visible from the street, and that it has to be strictly indoors. So cultivation in Malta, it definitely comes with its own restrictions. No, absolutely. And that's, you know, completely logical. And when I looked, you know, when I looked at Malta before, that was one of the questions I had about it was just those restrictions. And it really becomes, it's beautifully positioned um, with regards to its history with the MMA, the medical authorities there, its adherence to FDA and EU GMP standards to really be a, a center of excellence for the new industry as it continues to develop globally. And, you know, we're all, we are a few years into it. It's still a new industry, and it'll be that way for probably another couple of decades. But, um, you know, a year ago, I think uh, around this time, Malta had 20 projects approved. How many How many cannabis medical cannabis companies are operating in Malta now? So at the moment, what we have is that these projects are moving ahead with the implementation um, of their projects. And we have different companies at different stages of, uh, of setting up their operations. Five companies have actually applied for the license from the Malta Medicines Authority and are at a very advanced stage of setting up their activities. We have had the first import of biomass for these, these companies to be able to produce their validation batches to obtain the EUGMP license. And uh, we are hoping that uh, later on this year, circumstances allowing, we will have the first export of medical cannabis products into the European market. Oh, fantastic. So let's come back to that after the break. We should uh, discuss a bit more about the European market and the integration. And uh, we'll be back in a moment with Marian Zamet from uh, the Multi-Economic Development Corporation and head of the medical cannabis cluster there. I'm Richard Zwicky. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. It's time to Hemp Resent. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. 
SmartPots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, SmartPots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? SmartPots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million SmartPots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're back with Marianne Zamet, head of the Medical Cannabis Cluster for the Economic Development Corporation in Malta. And uh, very international focus, not just for um, Marianne, but for Malta as a whole and its positioning around the world in the uh, medical cannabis industry. So, Marianne, we've, um, you know, one of the things that goes around in the industry and is a constant topic of uh, conversation, apart from, you know, novel foods in the whole UK, is EU GMP. And it's a it's an opportunity for companies to adhere to really strict standards, but it's also a uh, viewed as a barrier by some. And Malt has been um, one of the most progressive firms in terms of compliance and adherence to the strictest standards internationally. Uh, that both uh, you know Malt's products are viewed and multi standards are viewed as being FDA and EU GMP uh, compatible. How are you approaching the uh, the medical cannabis industry? Because of course the output product for the consumer has to follow to that highest standard, but inputs that are coming in, uh, raw materials and the narcotic raw materials can be of a framework from an agricultural perspective um, that is along the way different. And also GMP and isolates can be used as narcotic raw materials in processing. How are you looking at it and what are the standards Malta is setting? So um, Malta is obviously compliant to the single convention on narcotics um, that uh, that from the INCB, mm-hmm. as well as obviously quality for us is so security and quality for us are of utmost importance. Uh, we want the Maltese product to be renowned for its high quality, and that is why we are applying the strictest. Um, form of standards. Uh, when it comes to imports, we are allowing imports of cannabis in any form, whether it's biomass or uh, or extract, as long as whatever is imported is cultivated and processed under GAP and EUGMP licenses. Um, uh, we are uh, very strict on this. There is no way how to go around it or about it. Um, one has to conform to the standard. Yep. When it comes to the processing and the license itself, the license for production that the Medicines Authority is conferring is actually an UGMP license. Some companies may view this as a barrier to entry, but in reality, it is um, a facilitation because this means that anyone who is manufacturing and producing in Malta is inherently and automatically compliant to the EU standard. Well, and that's exactly it, right? If you're building, if you're developing and working to the highest standard, your product is acceptable everywhere. And that's what everybody should aspire to along the way. But, you know, the 
building to the UGMP standard and managing to it is obviously a more costly investment with a much stronger return down the road. And it's normal uh, and expected in the um, pharmaceutical industry. Medical cannabis, of course, is still in many ways developing in spite of you know what everybody thinks. Um, but Malta is also looking at it as an investment in the future. And I don't know what percentage of local industry uh, the Maltese government hopes medical cannabis will come to uh, include. But what are some of the advantages from a financial perspective to companies looking to locate in Malta? So the, the Maltese jurisdiction gives one various advantages, some of which are pretty obvious, others which may be a bit underrated. For instance, um, our geographical location is ideal for anyone who wants to access the European market. But as obviously as uh, legislation continues all throughout the Middle East and North Africa, there is easy access to those markets as well, eventually. Moreover, the fact that we have an English-speaking workforce and all businesses conducted in English is an advantage which one can't underestimate. Obviously, the ease of doing business in such a jurisdiction is, uh, is another advantage. And as well as the fact that we are a very pro-business um, state, Doing business in Malta um, is rather straightforward. We are small, we have access to decision makers, uh, we, we are fast and very nimble. So from that aspect, Malta Enterprise is central to this and we handhold our companies, not just until they implement their project, but throughout all their, all their lifetime um, on our island. In fact, we have companies that have been in Malta for decades, some of which have been manufacturing in Malta for 50 years, 30 years. And all this because we have been always very supportive of foreign direct investment in Malta. Apart from this, there are other incentives, such as our taxation system, which is very advantageous, as well as other incentives that um, the government of Malta puts forward in order to support FDI. Well, let's come back to a bit more of that in a minute. Uh, for anybody who's looking to participate in the European Union, um, there's really good information with regards to rationale around using Malta as a hub. And I'd like to dive into that a bit further in, the, uh, in our final segment. But first, we have to go to a break. And we'll be back in a moment with Marian Zemet from the Economic Development Center in Malta. I'm Richard Zwicky with Planet Global. <clears throat> okay, you got another second for break, and then uh, I'll come back into, you mentioned taxation also. I think I'll talk about uh, there's an advantage in terms of wages at Malta's, I think, about even with uh, Portugal and Spain in terms of average wage, if I'm correct. It depends which areas of Spain, uh, but more than anything, the advantage is in the fact that apart from the wage, um, an employer only has to pay 10% of social security, so there are no additional expenses for the employer. Okay. Okay, well, we'll come to that in a moment. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. 
fetch your earbuds, and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The, the Green, Green Peak, Peak with Richard Zwicky. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of The Green Peak. And we're back for our last segment with Mariam Zamet from uh, the Medical Cannabis Cluster in Malta. And Mariam, before the break, we were just talking a bit, you know, we went through some of the EU GMP advantages to how Malta is structured, but also you touched upon financial. And there's two different, there's a few different aspects to that. There's incentives to companies who are looking to participate in the local market. There's taxation. And there's also employment benefits um, on two levels, employment benefits for employees but also for the companies looking to locate. And that uh, involves a difference in uh, payroll taxes, but also uh, I believe Malta, you know, the wages are similar to Portugal and Spain. So favorable to a lot of other areas in Europe, um, yet holding to some of the highest standards. What? Let's walk through some of those advantages, starting with, um, you know, the ones to the companies in terms of incentives and taxation. Sure. Malta enjoys a very a very interesting taxation regimen in that uh, companies in Malta pay 30% on 35% on uh, on profits. However, if the shareholders are non-residents, they can be they can apply for a reimbursement of up to six sevenths of the payable tax which in reality comes down to the company paying um, around 5% tax, which is obviously very advantageous and very attractive. Of course. And, you know, as um, you know, that's, that's taxation on the way once you're up and running and generating the revenues. But what about companies that are looking to locate in Malta and, uh, you know, there's all sorts of economic incentives to locating in different areas around the world. 
um, you know, be they subsidies or government programs that assist startups. What does Malta do? Well, we we like to uh, we like to consider each case uh, on a case by case basis. So, um, just in general, Malta Enterprise supports companies first by allocating government land for industrial development. And it is obviously leased at a very advantageous uh, rate when compared to what one can, uh, can can lease on the private market. So that's one of the that contribute. But more than anything, there are as well a lot of intangibles. As I have mentioned before, there's the fact that um, we tend to uh, to handhold our clients and support them throughout their business activity. And that is not something that is quantifiable, but is something that is definitely important compared to a situation where you're just left to your own devices to navigate a regulatory and bureaucratic landscape. Um, other than that, we obviously have incentives for startups, we have incentives for research. Um, just this week, we are launching as well incentives uh, um, specifically for companies that are engaging in research related to COVID and companies that want to manufacture a product which um, is related to the COVID situation. So the incentives are all the time um, changing and are flexible to the situation. Yeah, and, you know, on COVID, which is, you know, having horrible effects on people all around the world and our livelihoods and, you know, we're all working through the uh, figuring out how to operate in the new world. Malta has been recognized um, by a number of groups for a very uh, positive and strong and well thought out response to the crisis. So, um, you know, it's nice to see that, uh, you know, different strategies and some of them working and guiding everybody else towards strong paths. Now, for the people looking at Malta and uh, operating their businesses there, you know, taxation is one perspective, um, but employees are the most important part because employees are the strongest asset in any company. They make they make it possible, and we all make it possible in our own companies. It doesn't matter our roles. We're all in that together. The... Um, the what estimate uh, do you look at in terms of not just how large the industry can become in Malta, but of course the impact on Malta as a society? Because Malta is known to have a very affordable lifestyle, which is attractive to people wanting to move there, operate there, and build there. And how do you see our industry developing in Malta and uh, occupying what size or amount of space in the uh, in the industry? as not the cannabis industry and industry as a whole in Malta. I don't So from the forecast that we have uh, uh, for the approved projects, we are foreseeing um, an employment figure of over 700 employees, 700 full-time jobs over the first three years of operations of these, uh, of these companies. Um, furthermore, this uh, is all this, this will also lead to an investment figure of around 100 million euros and for the sector. And we are seeing uh, a sales turnover figure of almost 1 billion euros 
after three years of operations uh, in Malta from these companies. So as you can understand, the sector is going to become a very important uh, economic pillar in our, in our economic landscape. However, um, and this is very important, as you have highlighted before, Malta enjoys a very diverse economy. So we have aviation, we have advanced manufacturing, we have tourism, we have ICT, information technology, we have logistics, we have uh, now a very strong blockchain and artificial intelligence um, sector as well. So it is a very diverse economy. So we're hoping that medical cannabis will become a uh, economic pillar. However, obviously, it cannot be the most important one because we like to keep a very diverse uh, landscape in order not to be reliant on one specific sector um, particularly. Of course, it's just like any business. You don't want to have one, just one customer. You want to have the diversity and that's that brings strength across the entire economic landscape. So, you know, I'm, you know, when I listen and when I, you know, I, I've looked at Malta and I'm always intrigued and it's uh, one of the spots I've wanted to, uh, to visit. Unfortunately, things haven't lined up a couple of times for that to happen, but uh, I've been looking at it from uh, my company's perspective along the way. And we've looked at it as a processing location with some partners over there, but you know, I'd, I'd encourage anybody who's looking at the uh, strategies that are going across Europe to really consider how Malta has been, uh, been implementing the uh, medical cannabis um, framework and regulations because it's been done, you know, it's been embraced, but it's been handled in a very objective and dispassionate way that really is fact-based as opposed to emotion-based and looking at it really as a, how do we, what is the industry benefit across society? Now, the last thing I just want to touch on very briefly, and then we have to end, unfortunately, is how is uh, Malta adapting or um, moving towards product being distributed in country to patients? Well, um, product is available on pharmacy shelves uh, for Maltese patients. It is a prescription product, therefore patients have to obtain a prescription and they can obtain a prescription for from any healthcare professional. So all healthcare professionals, um, starting from a specialist to a family doctor, can prescribe cannabis for medical reasons. They need a special permission from the superintendent of health. However, once they obtain that, they can just go with the prescription to pharmacies and obtain the product. At the moment, we have four products available um, on the local shelves. And since the, since the legislation became enacted, we have issued over almost 700 permits for prescriptions. So given our size, it is an important figure. So yes, um, patients are making use of it more and more as time goes by. Healthcare professionals, I have to admit, um, there is a bit of maybe resistance to starting to prescribe the drug. And only a handful are actually prescribing. Obviously, as time goes by and more money is invested into education of, uh, of the medical practitioners, then we can see more medical uh, practitioners starting to prescribe the drug. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's obviously true everywhere in the world as doctors get educated and also as products are made available to them. You know, I've been a strong believer in dosage controlled delivery systems and, you know, whether it's encapsulated or anything else, doctors know and want to know when they're prescribing something, how much the patient is getting. And that's a, you know, that is a critical uh, barrier and a critical opportunity uh, for the industry. But Marianne, I'm fortunate we're out of time for today. Um, this has been really interesting and I want to thank you for joining us. Um, you speak at a lot of conferences around the world. Obviously, there's not going to be any for the next little while, but there's some good virtual ones which are being spun up. And uh, I think uh, I'll try and recommend you over for one or two that I'm aware of. And hopefully uh, you can uh, share some more information about uh, the Maltese opportunity with uh, listeners and viewers around the world through the new channels. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It was a pleasure talking to you all. Thank you, Miriam. Have a wonderful day. And Thank I'm you. Richard Zwicky with The Green Peak. Thanks for everybody for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.